ain't ghost, but I'm still in like I'm filmic. But you still stick flipping birdies real quick for the music. Get the meal quick to the table. Get your filter. Can't remember how to feel shit. Take a real hit to the ego. Pill sip, no placebo. Now that trill shit you said you beat for. Make you real sick, play the people. Now that hell shit becoming lethal. Hey, see, I've been falling back. Watch a game from a distance. Nose please, OBs from the children. Uh, no fees, cold feet when it's finished. Uh, no peace in the streets that we live in. I can't say shit that'll make y'all change. So I'ma stay rich in this good y'all claim. Forever rich in the cut, it's a wrap. Ain't talking about the cash, but we keep it in the bag, no cap. What's good, everybody? This is your boy, King Diamond Eye. Uh, co-host of the Forever Rich podcast. Of course, we got AB Guapo, and we have a special guest today, Jonathan Powell. Um, of course, we always start off about how our week goes. So, AB, how's your week? Uh, my week's been pretty good. Uh, it's been an average week, you know. I've been getting back into the swing of uh, doing my little side hustle drone stuff. I, I took a little break because it was like getting a lot. Because you know, when you're the only pilot for the area sometimes the demand gets a little too high i wasn't being able to reach it sounds like i need an employee that's what it, that's what it sounds like in my mind but uh so i got back out there this week so it's just been a lot of working and grinding you know uh weekend um do some things this weekend but you know i think i'm gonna go see creed three right uh, i think that's very that, yeah that i got all caught up because you know before this i had never seen a creed movie actually not a big boxing person. So like I just had never seen anything. So I got all caught up. I watched the first two, which were pretty good. So I'm excited to see the third one. So I'm gonna go do that. Might get out on the bike a little bit this weekend, you know. But uh <laughs> it's 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 a quiet week. It's a quiet week. How about yourself? It's funny that you mentioned the bike because I was I had so I had today I had testing for my licensing for my work. And uh, I was having a little bit of car issues. So I was like, oh, I'm just, it's nice outside. I'm going to ride my bike. And it's just been sitting in the garage, you know, it's been covered up and everything, but I went to go start it. My battery was dead. So it's kind of funny that you're like, yo, I'm going to start riding. I was like, yeah, I would have done it today, but circumstances prevented. But a uh, week is going good. Um, Mars started daycare. She's killing it. Um, like I said, I just want to finish this licensing class. So I'm done with that shit. That's a, a big relief off my back you know it's gonna help us in the long run uh me work wise and then for our um our business capital capitalism you know all that ventures that we plan on doing with uh printing out uh airbnbs and stuff like that so it's gonna it's gonna come out to our favor so it's a little extra bump um and then you know football's about to start up season kicks off next saturday so got that to deal with um but overall pretty good week um and then of course we do have a new guest ladies and gentlemen uh mr powell would you like to introduce yourself how was your week um yeah um my week was pretty good it was pretty steady uh, i got on three three podcasts um so i'm really excited you know to be able to share my story um, you know, I, I'm Jonathan Powell. I, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I'm 35 or no, I'm, I'm 31. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I, I'm 31. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I do a little bit of resale. I do sidewalk chalk advertisement. Okay. I also, am, I'm, I'm an advocate for the homeless here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, I also do like odd jobs for my landlord. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Is it, so? Uh, I mean, I'm out here in Houston, so of course the uh, homeless population is very high. Is it very high in Indianapolis? It is. It is. In fact, they uh, they come from other states to this state to be homeless. Like homeless people will leave their home state to come to Indianapolis to be homeless because we, we treat our homeless so good. <laughs> that's For excellent. Real. Well, it's not, that's not excellent because you know the circumstances that they're under, but that's good that you guys at least take care of the, the homeless to the best of your guys' ability. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I had a question for you. So you say Indianapolis treats their homeless very well. What makes Indianapolis unique compared to uh, most cities? Uh, do you guys have um, like more facilities, more money to the homeless? Uh, what, what would you say? 
makes Indianapolis unique? Well, we are the crossroads. We are the crossroads of America right here in the Midwest. And we are, we are actually in between Illinois and Ohio. So you got Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, you got, uh, Chicago down there in Illinois, you know, and then of course you got Michigan right there too. So you got Detroit, Michigan, you got Chicago, you got Cincinnati, Ohio, you got, uh, you got Gary, Indiana, you got all these different areas and we're smack dead in the middle. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's just, uh, you know, that's, you know, we're just right here conveniently close enough for people to pack up their bags and say, Hey, I'm going to Indianapolis to be homeless. <laughs> cool. So I guess I'll start by asking you, so how did you, I guess, become homeless? I mean, I'm sure most people, you know, work their way to that point. Um, you know, everyone's kind of grows up with their family and stuff. But what was your circumstances that, made you you know homeless well i was i was mentally ill um but i i don't want to now here's the thing mental illness is a stereotyped concept in itself in my opinion looking back at it i really do a hundred percent think that it was spiritual warfare but you know the ways of the world they sat there pumping me with medication and they had me seeing doctors and they put me in these, uh, uh, behavior, behavior centers slash psychiatric places. Uh, when I was growing up, I spent three years of my adolescent at my adolescent years in behavior centers and, uh, you know, psychiatric places you know, for crazy people, <laughs> but I'm not crazy by no means, brother. Uh, I actually, the thing of it is, is that it, it was, like I said, looking back at it, dude, that was nothing more or less than spiritual warfare, you know, but, uh, you know, when you're in these psych, when you're in these crazy places for so long, bro, you just fake it to make it. You t- the you, you learn, you learn how to Tell them every answer to every question that they, you know, they, you, you know, the answers that they want to hear. They'll say, uh, do you feel like hurting yourself? You say, no, no, I don't. You say, Hey, do you feel like hurting anybody else? I say, no, no, I don't. But they, I, I knew damn good and well, there was a few people up in there. I wanted to tune up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely understandable. And that's, that's funny you say that because then we've talked a lot on this, uh, podcast about, you know, mental health being a real, uh, thing that, you know, we feel, you know, the United States kind of glosses over, um, and coming from somebody who's actually been experienced in that field, do you feel like even when you're getting the treatment, uh, to help your mental health, do you feel like it's adequate treatment? Um, do you feel like it could be better or do you feel like they're actually doing things to actually make you be better in a sense? Well, I, I think that basically what got me out of my mental illness was self-realization and priorities. Do I want food, shelter, and, and water and clothes or, or do I want to go talk to these fucking voices all day? Are we allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, so I was just saying, it's like, you know, I had, I had to make a choice, bro. I was homeless for 10 years. The first three years out of that 10 years, I walked around downtown Indianapolis just talking to myself. Well, I wasn't talking to myself. I was talking to these voices in my head. You know what I mean? And they were talking about superior concepts and shit that just, I'm not going to lie. These conversations were very addicting. They were very addictive uh, to communicate 
about these this superior uh, concepts type of stuff. It has no, it's like stuff that's just not, it's not even a part of the real world. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's crazy. Like, like there was a lot of ancient arts that we were, we were talking about and stuff like that. And it was just like, it, it was very, it was a very illuminating, very captivating stuff that we were talking about, but it just got to the point to where, Hey, you know, I, I need to stop worrying about what these voices are talking about and I need to go get some money in my pocket and some food in my stomach and I need to figure out a place, some kind of shelter for tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, that that's what it came down to, man. And uh, and now that I've talked to a lot of preachers and a lot of pastors and uh, a lot of uh, brothers in Christ and stuff like that, I, I really a hundred percent, dude, that was spiritual warfare, bro. But, um, so like, and I, I don't, I don't consider myself to be a Christian, but I am, a I consider myself to be spiritual, uh, in general, but I, I keep my eyes on the creator though, in general, I don't like to stereotype or limit, limit, you know, I don't want to define what I'm talking about because there's the beginning and there's an end of every definition, but spirituality is natural. It's, it's a part of our nature. That is the natural bond between you and the creator. That's spirituality. Religion, religion is made by man, you know, and, and, uh, and they, they, they can say what they want. But I'll tell you right now, the Bible was created by man. They say it's the word of God and all that. You know, I, I don't really want to get too much into that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't want to get into that. But I will get into the, the, can I get into homelessness now? Yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. Absolutely. Okay, so I was homeless for 10 years in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and basically I seen the craziest stuff. I did the craziest stuff. I met the most interesting people. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my community. Um, homelessness is a very, very stereotyped concept. An average person knows absolutely nothing about homelessness. You know, everybody in their mother wants to make a documentary about homelessness, but ain't none of them been homeless. Everybody in the mother, they want to start a homeless outreach, but ain't none of them, ain't none of them been homeless. So how the hell you think you're going to understand homelessness, but you ain't never been homeless. <laughs> now look, I, I ain't never been on no kind of drug in my whole life. Like, like actual drugs. I ain't never been on none of it. So I can never, I can never say, I can never say, Hey, I understand what it's like to be a dope fiend. Because I don't, I don't know what that's like, you know, that, that's like an Asian person saying, Hey, I know what it's like to be white. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't, you, you can't relate, you know, you, you can sit there, you can sit there and you can try to understand it the best of your ability, but you will never fully understand what it was like being homeless. I wasn't homeless just at the shelter. The, the first the first three years that I was homeless, I was up at the shelter. But the last seven years that I was homeless, I was not at the shelter. I was in tents and I was under bridges and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll tell you why. At that homeless shelter, it's a complete fucking joke. If you're a homeless person or you know somebody that's homeless, you tell them to not go to the shelters. Those shelters are designed for us to fail. They're, they're, okay. On the street, we call the local Wheeler Mission, we call it Steeler Mission, okay? Because all the local homeless people, they constantly are stealing from each other up in there. And you can't, you cannot hang on to a cell phone for nothing. You can't hang on to your wallet. You can't hang on to a decent pair of shoes. You can't hang on to nothing. I mean, they will take it right from you, bro. Like, 
and, and the uh, the people at the at the Wheeler Mission shelter, they won't kick those people out for stealing. And I'll tell you why. Because if they kick you out for stealing, they can't make money off your ass. So they make $300 a day of tax write-off money per each homeless people, per each, per each homeless person. So it basically comes down to this, money. And that's what that place is all about. They get three, it, it holds like, it holds 500 people. Well, it's 300 to 500 people, including all the bunks and all the mats. So that's three, let, let's say 300. So that's 300 people a day. So $300 times 300, do the math. That's how much money they make a day, okay? And that's just tax write-off. That's not including the government grant. They get a federal grant, and they get a local gov. They get a local government grant and, and a federal grant, okay? Which I think it was like four million dollars, and then I think it was like twenty-two million dollars for the other one on that. And then, uh, so like every five minutes, every five minutes, hey, you got a cigarette? Hey, hey, you got a lighter? Hey. You want to buy some drugs? Hey, hey, you got any drugs for sale? <laughs> hey, hey, you, you spare any change? Hey, hey, bro, hey, man, let me let me, let me use your phone, bro. <laughs> bro, it's like every, dude, that shit will drive you fucking crazy. Bro, I just told you I don't smoke. <laughs> I, I, for real, bro, it'll drive you fucking crazy. Uh, and then you got like, so they smoke cigarettes in the, in, they smoke drugs in the bathroom. So you go in the bathroom to take a piss, take a shit, and guess what? Dookie all over the toilet seat. Smells like drugs up in there in the bathroom. I have actually went in the bathroom, and i seen two guys blowing each other for drug money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's just crazy, bro. And uh, so, like, there's a lot of favoritism with the staff, okay? Like, uh, they favor the, the the homeless people that they're most familiar with. So if you've been homeless for 10 years, you get favored by the staff versus somebody that's just been homeless for three months. You, you see what I'm saying? To where they start taking people's sides and all this shit, and it's like a click, bro. It's like you're not in the click. <laughs> hey, it's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, so, like, all the food that they get up there, it's donated to them for free. All the clothes that's donated to the shelter, it, they get it for free. All the all the hygiene is donated for free. Uh, so they, they don't spend no money on that stuff. Uh, also, they have a huge pyramid kind of scheme going. So they, they invite people from all the real nice, well-off churches in this state, they invite those people to come help serve food to the homeless, right? And that sounds like a real good thing. That sounds like a good cause, right? These people are donating their time and their labor to come serve food to the homeless in the homeless shelter, right? That sounds great. But these people from these well-off, it's very specific churches, they're well-off churches. Well, these people, they feel sorry for these homeless people that they're serving food to. Oh, I feel so sorry for that homeless person. So they write a $5,000 check to Wheeler Mission. Oh, here's a $2,000 check to Wheeler Mission. Do you think any of that money has ever made it to a homeless person's pocket? Hell no. Hell fucking no. I ain't never seen a dime of none of the money. And I actually started, I started networking with a, a lot of different homeless outreaches and homeless outreach leaders. Um, and believe it or not, there is actually political parties that are taking big money out of the, 
Mike, it's Mike Pence, okay? He's taking big money. He gets like $5 million out of that 30-something million dollars that they made. Um, you know, there's Bumpus. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that one dude, Pastor John or whatever, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, and uh, so anyways, and then it's like, Okay. Now, as far as homelessness goes, I just want to say not all not all homeless people are on drugs. It's just most of them. <laughs> it's like 95%. So, you whenever you're trying to give money to a homeless person or something like that, I would recommend to not give them money if they're on drugs, just buy them something to eat. You know, even drug addicts need something to eat. So offer to buy them something to eat or get them some clothes or something like that, you know, whatever. So I want you to imagine yourself on a corner and your sign says hungry and homeless and you're sitting on the corner and they had these conventions downtown, downtown and these ball games and everything to where like there's literally like 300,000 people walking around within a six block radius. You know what I mean? Like for real, there's like 300,000 people walking around in like a six blocks, six blocks by six block radius, you know? So uh, imagine yourself on the corner with the, with the hungry and homeless sign, 20,000 people walk past you and don't give you nothing. Don't give you a dollar. They don't give you a dime. They don't give you a nickel. They don't give you a penny. They don't even give you a fist bump or a high five. They pretend that you're invisible. They 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 don't even look at you. You know, they 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 just pretend you're not there. And then you got uh so and that that's uh, what it's like, bro. It, yeah. it really fucks you up Let seeing me. that kind of greed, selfishness, self-centeredness. I, I once had this guy, he had a pocket full of money, and he was counting it, counting his money, right? Because he was paying, he just got done paying for a parking meter. He had a pocket full of money. I said, excuse me, sir, is there any way you could buy me something to eat? He said, no. He said, uh, he said I cannot, sir. I apologize. Uh, he said, he said I'll, I'll buy you something to eat on my way back, Right. So I sat there on the corner waiting on him to get back, you know, and he actually, he, he comes back and he just walks right past me. <laughs> didn't even say nothing. He didn't even, I was like, what a piece of shit, bro. You just told me he was going to buy me a meal on your way back. <laughs> but I, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so a quick ahead. question. Um, actually a few. So, completely understand the situation about not all homeless people are on drugs not all you know sometimes they do have mental illnesses and stuff like that how how what's a good if you had to do an educated guess what is the percentage of people that you believe that are homeless that aren't on drugs or you know they're just in i guess it's a special circumstance well i'm gonna tell you my from my personal experience i would say 5% of all the homeless community is not on any kind of drug. Um, okay. And that that's, that's not census. That's not Google. That's nothing like that. I'm telling you from experience here in Indianapolis, Indiana, about 5% of us are not on any kind of drugs of any kind. Now, I would say as far as hardcore drugs, I would say 65 I'd say like 70% of them are on hardcore drugs, like hard drugs. I would say like 25% of them are just on like, you know, alcohol, weed, uh, stuff like that. That's, you know, not, not so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then my second question is, is, um, 
since you have been reaching out to all these facilities, is there anything that you've set in motion to try to correct these um, homeless shelters from just collecting checks? Or have is there a certain program that you've been getting with or with these um, outreaches just to try to eliminate that or try to redirect those fundings into a more positive or something that actually assists the homeless people? There is homeless aid. There is homeless services, uh, places you can go to that offer all kinds of services. But yet again, that's all. They're all about money. They're they're hired help. If if they were not getting paid, they would not be there. I promise you that much. A lot of those places, uh, especially the homeless shelters. They talk to the homeless people like shit, okay? And I'm not really going to get into why, but a lot of these homeless drug addicts, when they're coming down off drugs, they'll cuss you out in a fucking heartbeat. They'll call you every name in the book. They don't give a fuck, bro. And if you're only getting paid $10 an hour, hey, guess what? You're not going to be happy to show up to work tomorrow. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like and that 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 kind of gives you an idea of what kind of added attitudes some of these people have uh, while they're in there, and the people that's higher up, you know, like the like the the in general manager of the shelter and a few people beneath him, they get incentives to stick around. <laughs> you know, they get they get big money. They get like a like a five thousand dollar bonus every now and then. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm I'm exposing these shelters for what they really are, and that that's my way of tackling the issue, because you know one one day maybe we'll get a shelter where people volunteer there, they're not paid, and maybe we'll get a shelter that that's not some big dude. Look, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, I have seen homelessness be turned into a huge corporate enterprise business homelessness used to be you know back back when i was a kid you couldn't make money off homelessness you couldn't make a dollar off of homelessness <laughs> you know what i'm saying if, if you were spending money on 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 homeless people when i was a kid hey guess what you were a fucking idiot because <laughs> you you were or 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 you were just a good person absolutely um So do you think that it's because like nowadays, especially on social media and stuff like that, you see a lot of people that pretend to be homeless and they just collect the extra change and stuff like that. So it's kind of being homeless kind of has a stereotype of where it's like people want to give, but then at the same time, they're just like, Oh, this person is only in it could only be only for the money just to like you alluded to buying drugs or, you know, to, um, to assist with their addiction of you, either alcohol, uh, weed, your the hardcore drugs, you know, meth, uh, heroin, and so forth. Do you think that um, social media kind of plays plays a significant role into why people uh, kind of avoid assisting homeless people? No, no, I don't. Uh, homeless people. I, I was one of the exceptional homeless people. I wasn't on drugs or anything like that. So it was like, to me, they really fuck up. You know, homeless people fuck up their own rep- reputation. You know, uh, there's a lot of homeless people while they're panhandling. They'll leave a shit ton of trash on the corner. They won't They won't pick it up and put it in a trash can like I did. No, they sit there. And they, they just leave it there. They just walk off when they're done. <laughs> you know, and, and you got to think. Now, they say, you know, whatever the census is here in Indianapolis for homeless people, you know, the they calculate how many homeless people they think's in this city. Bro, the number's way bigger than that. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. They said 3,000 or 4,000 or something like that. Bro, there's actually more like 15,000, 20,000. And I'll, I'll tell you why the census numbers are so off. 
the census numbers are so off because a lot of homeless people are fugitives on the run. You know, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be heard. You know, they're, they're trying to sleep on the rivers in those campsites. You know, we, we call them uh, tent, tent cities. Uh, so I do have a question for you. Um, so you talk a lot about uh, homeless, where you were talking about how homeless representation, you know, is very important. How much do you feel like the people who pretend to be homeless and panhandle, how much does that hurt the homeless in the sense? Because I know me personally, like, I, and this probably sounds terrible, but like, I'll see a homeless person. And sometimes the first thing I think is like, oh, they're just pretending trying to get the money. And sometimes, you know, like how how many of those people are actually homeless compared to how many people are just trying to, you know, panhandle and get money, you know, and give a sob story? Well, uh, you know, this is an interesting answer. So I when I was homeless and I used to panhandle, I used to hate those people that were not really homeless and they were out there panhandling, you know. But there's something that I realized is that everybody, everybody that was panhandling that wasn't really homeless, they used to be homeless. You see what I'm saying? To where ho homelessness becomes a way of life. So let, let's say you're homeless for eight years. And then all of a sudden you get this apartment or you got a place now. Bro. You, you can take the animal out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of, out of the animal. You know what I mean? To where it becomes a state of mind. Homelessness is a state of mind. So if you've been panhandling for eight years because you were homeless eight years, you're, you're not, you're not going to stop tomorrow just because you got an apartment, just because you got a place to stay now. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I do have a question for you um, from your personal experience. So you did 10 years of being on the streets um, at year nine or nine and a half. What actually made you come to the realization like, hey, I actually need to get on my own two feet or, hey, I need some assistance or I need to get out of the streets and, and stand on my own two feet again. What made you decide to, to turn that that page or that leaf? Okay, so it was like four years ago, the uh, the Indianapolis government basically took all the homeless people off the streets, put them all in apartments about four years ago. Well, I, I said, I don't I don't want no handout from no government. I'm not I'm not about to take a handout from the government and get get some free apartment, right? So then that, that winter, that winter I was out there, I was like the only homeless person out there that winter. And all my friends, all my friends, they were like, oh, bro, I, I just got my apartment. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm still out here in the fucking cold, bro. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, bro. I was kind of shitty. I was the only homeless person. Out of all the homeless people in this city that didn't get an that didn't get an apartment that year. This is about four years back. So uh can can I tell you how I got out of homelessness? Absolutely. Okay, so when the COVID-19 hit, the homeless people were were the most susceptible to catch the COVID-19. So the government made it a part of the stimulus package to get all the homeless people off the streets and in housing, uh, Section 8 government housing. So I actually stayed at the Crown Plaza Hotel for eight and a half months for free. I'm for real, man. They did our laundry. They cleaned our room. We had three free meals a day. It was the life, bro. <laughs> for eight and a half months for free. And uh, 
And once once you got in the hotel, you were guaranteed uh, free housing for one year. But after after that one year, you're guaranteed Section Eight for life. That's an awesome program to to be a part of. Um... Yeah, that definitely. Sorry to interrupt, but that's very good. And that got a one more a question based off that question. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, so do you feel like it is better? What What do you feel like has been better? You know, the homeless shelters and you know, or the new transition of you know, getting people you know out of off the streets and guaranteeing them housing and stuff. You feel like that has been better or more? productive for people who are trying to get uh, out of homelessness themselves because one of the things I think about is like you what about a job you know though they're providing you the housing and stuff you know you still don't have money right well in the homeless community in this city a big part of the problem is enablement they are enabling homeless people if you're helping somebody so much Sometimes you're hurting them because you're 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 cr- you're giving them a crutch. It it comes to the point to where these homeless people are dependent on the shelter or these homeless outreaches or whatever. I mean, just imagine, bro. You don't have to you don't have to spend money on food. All the food you eat is for free. All the clothes is for free. All the hygiene's for free. It's all for free, brother. <laughs> Everything. So you don't you don't have to spend money on nothing. So a lot of these homeless people, they get comfortable, they get very comfortable being homeless to where they, they don't want to get a job. Hell, why why would I get a job? Hell, I got everything I need right here. <laughs> right? So it's like You know, I, I don't have an exact answer for that question, bro. I mean, I, in my opinion, one one of the most important things is is educating people about homelessness. If I don't teach you about the problems, then you you can't you can't create the solutions. There is no solution to homelessness right now. I can tell you that right now. But I do think that it is possible for us to create solutions to homelessness. Absolutely. Um, so my, to piggyback on that, um, my question to you is since you, you experienced it, you lived it, what would be your ideal or your approach to solve homelessness? Well, there's interesting, very interesting statistics on how many vacant properties there are like bro in this in this city alone i mean you're talking about like half like half of all the properties in this city are vacant and that that's nuts i mean that that statistic and i i don't know the exact statistics but i can tell you right now there is a significant amount of vacant properties everywhere and it's mainly it's mainly apartment complexes hotels and houses that are on the market for sale uh you know a house a house might sit on the market for four years before it sells that's four years that a homeless person could have stayed there you know what i mean um so as far as like an actual solution, I mean, having financially efficient homes, I mean, like the cost to build a house is pretty expensive. If we could significantly uh, lower those costs to where we're buying by the bulk or or maybe we're getting uh, used materials or something like that to where the cost to build a home could be significantly less. Then that, that, you know, the cost, 
the cost of making a home is the main, that's the big hurdle. That's the big hurdle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And probably the inflation has probably not helped at all either. You know, making things and apartments becoming more expensive and, you know, those hurdles have probably made it worse. Um, but, but my final question for you is, is uh, no, I would say what, what would you say the biggest piece of advice you could give someone who is um, homeless now or approaching homelessness? Uh, what, what would you say your biggest piece of advice you could give them? You know, uh, maybe something that can get somebody on track before they reach that point. Yeah. Well, for, for, for people that are homeless, I'll tell you right now, you better get some side hustles, panhandling, dumpster diving, um, also like finessing people, you know, socially finessing people for money, uh, resell, you know, buy something at a thrift store, resell it. Uh, a lot of, a lot of homeless people, they steal a lot of stuff for drug money. They steal all kinds of merchandise. So you can buy that merchandise that they stole and you can resell it. Okay. Also, you can actually, uh, do, like, like in the winter time, you can take a. Uh, it, it's called a an ice. It's it's something that you get the ice off your windows, uh, of, of your car. So if you got one of these ice ice removers or ice brush or whatever, you can go around and you can brush off the snow and 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 and, and brush off the ice off people's cars after it snows, and they'll bless you with some money. You can also, you can go to any place, like a gas station, a restaurant, anything, and you can open the door, open the door for everybody, whether they're coming in or out, you open the door for them. And I'm not bullshitting you, they'll, they'll bless you with money. Um, also, this is a big, this is something that significantly helped me when I was homeless. If you, if you start taking down contacts, you know, I've met millionaires, I've met multimillionaires, and I used to put their contact in my phone. And every time I really needed something, like a tent or clothes or anything, I would I would I would hit them up. I would ask them. <laughs> and they would they would come through and they would bless me. You know, uh as long as you're not actually asking for actual money, that then they're 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 willing to help you. You know, especially when it comes to food, water, stuff like that, they'll bless you over and over. And, and you know, so I would say stay out of the shelters. If, if you're homeless, stay out of those shelters. I'm not BSing you one bit. They're completely designed for you to fail. Uh, be very cautious. If you just become homeless, you got a target on your back from all the other homeless people. They're looking to steal everything you've got. And they are looking to get you hooked on drugs. They're looking to, if you're a female, if you're a female, they want to pimp your ass out or, uh, or, you know, get cheap sex from you or whatever. Um, so I, I would be very, very careful. Uh, if, if you're a regular person with a regular job, but you feel like you're about to approach homelessness, I'll tell you right now, you are only just a few paychecks away from being homeless. Everybody that has a regular job, you are just a few paychecks away from being homeless. So you need to become much more independent. And you need to uh, you need to slowly but surely start to accumulate stuff that you might need while you're homeless. If you buy a tenant for 60 bucks at Walmart, or you buy some, a box of hand warmers or or a an extra pair of gloves, uh, <laughs> a, a jacket. It's like a, a really durable jacket. You know, uh, if you buy stuff that that could prepare you for homelessness, that way, if you're ever, if you if you ever wind up being homeless, guess what? You got everything you need right there in your closet. <laughs> you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Um, and also, so, go ahead. There's there's a lot of. Uh, contacts and resources that you can write down the address and number 
and all that. You can write down all that stuff. They have they have actually had books that are specifically they're like pamphlets, but specifically for that they have all the homeless resources right there in this little bitty book. So that that actually can benefit you benefit you a lot as well. So would you would you personally say that? Um, assisting homelessness with jobs. I know I can't speak for Indianapolis. I've only been there once. Um, but here in Houston, we have a lot of trash debris uh, that you were kind of resorting to uh, talking about how homeless people have, have uh, assisted with that. Um, if they started programs to where they possibly, since, you know, they're starting to provide housing and stuff like that, maybe they can provide some type of income where they pay the homeless people to, you know, clean the side of the freeways or, you know, clean up the areas because, you know, you always want your city to look the best. Um, do you think that may be an option that a uh, city should consider? Uh, you know, there's, I would say most homeless people, they're willing to work, but they're they're not willing to hold down a job. There, there's all kinds of homeless people with all kinds of skills, and mo most of them are willing to work. But I'll tell you right now, there's very, very few of them, very few of them, that's willing to actually hold down a job and get up every morning and go to work. I'd say like 10%. 10% of homeless people are willing to get up every morning and go to work. Because... <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's easy to get a job, but it's it's hard. It's real hard to hold down a job. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Of course, working nine to fives, even though, you know, they provide stability and everything of that nature. Um, it is very difficult to wake up every day to want to go to work. Um, so we're not going to we're going to kind of try to wrap this up because we're on a time crunch. Um, is there any any last words that you want to say to our our listeners that, you know, maybe help you help assist with homelessness, um, trying to, you know, make it lifestyle a little bit easier or something that, you know, that may get them throughout the day to, you know, maybe reconsider, um, you know, when they're on the, when they're at a stoplight and a homeless person comes by that they, they you know, might want to consider assisting a homeless person from now on. Uh, I would say it, any any leftover food that you have, any hand-me-down clothes that you don't want anymore, any uh, any type of uh, hygiene that you just don't want, or you know maybe leftover hygiene that you have, uh, I would say save it all up. You know, like let's say you save over your leftovers for a week or whatever. Go find a homeless person and give it to them. You know. Out of all the money, out of all the money that was ever given to me, and I've been I have been given tens of thousands of dollars over ten years from from random people. Uh, basically, them the people that took the time to listen to me and talk to me, I appreciate that way way more, way more than the actual money. Awesome. Um, yeah, so um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so um, is there anything that you would, you personally, I don't even know how to word this. Book, you got any last questions? Anything else? <laughs> my man completely lost. But now the last thing I wanted to say is, uh, I very much appreciate, it's not really a question, but I very much appreciate you coming on here, man. You've definitely enlightened um, us on, you know, the the homelessness and, you know, the issues that we have in here. But, you know, it definitely is, it's sad to see people in that situation, but it's also good to see that it doesn't tear you guys down completely. You know, you, you guys, people are resilient and they fight. And, you know, I think this, will definitely help people who are homeless, maybe getting close to homelessness, you know, maybe find a way to, you know, pull themselves back up, you know, or if you are homeless and you're listening to this, you know, maybe find a way to 
uh, work your way out of that homelessness. You know, it, it's always good to hear that there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. So I very much appreciate you coming on here and spreading that that positivity. Uh, thank, thank you. I appreciate you guys letting me come on. I, I do want to say one thing, and that's that uh, money is not the solution. You all, all you people out there that want to donate money to the cause, don't. You need to donate your time, and you need to donate your labor, and you need to educate yourself about the issue before you do anything. Absolutely, absolutely. I always found it intriguing to, like, in my mind, I always thought that uh, an interesting thing would they do is to create a document, a documentary, not a document, but it came and talk, a documentary on and just, you know, go up to homeless people and, and, and get their story. Because like you said, not everyone's story is the same. Some people do have mental illness. Some people are addicted to drugs. Some people are just uh, veterans that, you know, they just, they, you know, they have PTSD or, you know, they just, they got the short end on the stick once they got out of the military. They were just basically like, hey, here you go. Or some of them just, you know, had a rough childhood or a rough life in general that that wound them up on the street. So I've always found it interesting to um, have a documentary of, you know, to actually understand, like, and show people that, you know, it, not everyone that is homeless is on drugs so, or, you know, just had, you know, just lazy people that some, like you said, some people have, skills that you know they can make millions of dollars i mean you've seen uh some people have seen movies you know like the vinyl finalist with jamie fox where he was a homeless person with a violin and uh he just couldn't he had you know demons that he just couldn't overcome but he was a hell of a mus musician um so i i do find it super intriguing to um take the time to understand people's stories because you know everyone ha does have a unique story um i greatly appreciate you reaching out to um to come on our podcast because you know sometimes it's not easy you know telling your life experiences and being vulnerable so i greatly appreciate you for that um and um commend you on you know you know out, you know, reaching out and, you know, climbing that mountaintop or that hole that you were once in of homelessness and, you know, achieving something that not too many people get to do or, you know, strive to do in some circumstances. So I do applaud you for that. Um, Book, any last words for the podcast? No, I, I don't have much. Just uh, hope you guys enjoyed this and we're going to try to get more people to can spread their story and uh, we hope you guys have a good week. So once again, thank you, Jonathan. I would greatly appreciate your time. And then for our listeners, as always, positive mindsets do make positive outcomes. This is the Forever Rich Podcast. Deuces, guys. Peace out, y'all.